Hello and welcome to the Bigger Than Us podcast. I'm your host, Raj Daniels, and today I'd like to welcome Katie Wallace to the show. Katie Wallace is the founder of Hux Sustainables and Chief Marketing Officer at eCara, an all-electric car service. She is an international speaker, eco-entrepreneur, and consultant focused on building a more resilient world. Katie, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Doing good. Just done a bit of running around, but happy and excited to be chatting with you. Well, thank you, Katie. Katie, I'd like to open the show by asking my guest the following question. If you were asked to share something interesting about yourself, what would it be? Oh, that's a hard question. What is interesting about me? I I wouldn't say it's very interesting, but I love nature. I love to be outside. And I am a bit of a feral creature when I'm released into, say, like the mountains or, or anywhere that is wild. So give me an example of the feral activity. <laughs> um, okay. So are you familiar with Big Bend National Park? I am. I have never been, but I'm quite familiar with it. Oh my gosh. It is the most beautiful. It, it is like being on Mars. I don't know exactly what that is like, but I could imagine that the landscape is very similar. And there's just something to being more primitive. There's something that comes out in us, I feel. I feel like we're all kind of caged animals in this concrete jungle. I mean, specifically here in Dallas, but wherever people may be. But then we return to these wild places and... It, I, I don't even know how to explain it, but there's just an energy. There's a different energy to being in spaces like that. So a couple of things from what you said. First is that I had this image the other day and you mentioned, you know, being out, how we are leaning towards, you know, cage-free food, but yet we're all caged up ourselves in these little <laughs> cubicles all day long <laughs> and we're not doing anything in free range. So it's kind of bothering me a little bit in my mind. And we're free-range like, humans. <laughs> we're no longer free-range humans. Yeah, you're, you're speaking about the opportunity to be free-range. Yeah. And yeah. I also read an article recently, or it was an article in a magazine or somewhere online, about a gentleman that went on a trip or an adventure and how after not showering for four days, it totally changed who he was. And not in a bad way either. You know, part of me feels like we've kind of hyper-sterilized our lives with the constant, you know, hand washing. And now I know currently we're going through this whole coronavirus thing and, you know, there is a place for being sterile and being careful and germs, et cetera. But I think we've, you know, almost too much. We're, we're, we're locked into these clean, quiet spaces. And I don't think that's good for our spirits overall. So I can kind of understand what you're saying with that free range spirit. I think you're spot on with that. We've over sterilized our lives and we've become so accustomed to all our social niceties that once we get a hint of that wild life, we return to maybe a more natural state of being. I'm not saying we need to be there all the time, but I'm just, you know, it's great to get it out every once in a while. So I'll give you a quick example of something I do in my own life. I like to walk quite a bit on weekends in my neighborhood. And every so often it'll be really cold outside or it'll be raining really heavy. And I'll go for walks on those days and I won't see any of my usual compadres on my walks, maybe one person. And when I come back home, I feel a little bit more spirited and I feel like, okay, I allowed myself to be, you know, 
exposed to the elements for that little tiny bit. It was uncomfortable to start with, but I pat myself on the back once I'm back home. And I love showing my kids that you can be out walking in, you know, really cold weather or thunderstorms and nothing's going to happen to you. Mm, yeah. I mean, thunderstorms still scare me though, to be honest. Well, yeah, if there's lightning and things like that. But I do love to dance in the rain. I will say that. That is definitely a quick way to return to your wild self very briefly. Well, there you go. Well, switching gears a little bit, Katie, can you share a little bit about your current organization, your current endeavor? Yeah, I have a couple. So I I have a consulting company that I've had for probably the past three years, and we work with different impact-driven companies who have some sort of social or environmental initiatives, and we help them grow. So it could be through business development, uh, a lot of digital marketing, social media marketing, uh, events, um, you name it. We are all about helping these companies grow. So there's a few different organizations that I work with. One specifically that I love and am, am very invested in is a company called Ecara, which is essentially a software platform, but we also operate as a rideshare uh, car service here in Dallas. So I actually had Rock on the show about uh, 15 episodes ago. And so oh, nice. I'd be familiar with Ecara, absolutely. Yeah. Now, so you mentioned impact driven. How does an organization define themselves or tell people that they're an impact driven organization? I think sometimes they don't. And I think that's a, a really good place for us to come in because, because because they could be having a huge impact. I mean, when I think about some of the companies, um, there's a you know one specific VC firm that we work with that has funded organizations or funded companies that are um, having an impact in a multitude of ways. Let's say, you know, one is they, oh my gosh, what is this? It's an algae bioreactor that they've created that actually sequesters carbon, which is, is very interesting. Um, so it could be something like that. It could be that they are a nonprofit. Like one of the companies that I work with is called Relationships First, and their goal is to help the world communicate better. And they have a science-backed process that helps people do that. And their mission is to build towards a more connected world. They took therapy, they took their line of work because they're a therapist and they just said, why can't the public have this? Why can't we just build a more connected world just to build a more connected world? And, and so I think it, you know, it's always different, right? Companies can have impacts that you may not be interested in being a part of. So it's all about that initial meeting and, and really hearing about what their vision is and if it's aligned with what your vision for the world is and, and if you can contribute to that. So you said you've been doing it for three years. How have you seen the interest in your company or the work you're doing grow or change in the last three years? I would say it was very slow in the beginning. But now, as you'll see, even in the past couple of years, and even most recently, some of the largest companies look to JP Morgan, look to Amazon, are now, they are now on board. They are now seeing that the world, enough of the world has shifted to where they care about these social and environmental um, initiatives, and they're going to get on board and they're going to start divesting from the companies that are, you know, um, destroying our environment for a lack of, <laughs> lack of better words. So it went from nothing to, or maybe like little whisperings of something to now there's no other choice but to get on board. So I feel like from what you're saying, you were a little ahead of the curve on this. And one of the things I like to explore on the show is the why behind what you do. 
you know, almost like your just cause. So three, let's imagine you three, four, five years ago when you were thinking about getting into this space, what was driving you to get into this space so early? I think that I had some early on life experiences and I don't really know how else to tell these stories except for kind of getting a little deep with it. But essentially when I was 19 years old, I almost went to prison and I had been struggling with uh, undiagnosed mental health issues, which led me to drug and alcohol, drugs and alcohol to actually, um, to try to mitigate that, right? To stay alive. And um, long story short, almost went to prison and turned my life around effectively. And the only place that I found that I could quiet my mind when I was tra- like on this path to become a quote unquote better person was in nature. I would go for runs and it was the only time that this constant chatter in my brain would just shut down and I could just be present and feel connected to something. And And so that really stayed with me up until, you know, and it was just the love that I had. I would just go out on these adventures, but I didn't think I could ever turn it into a company or do anything with it. And I think more recently, what solidified me jumping into this work is is going to the Philippines. I'm half Filipino. So in 2016, I went back home and just was just astounded, was just really taken back and and really had to look at my life and the impact that I was having. And I felt like I wasn't having one. I felt like something was was missing and it was because I wasn't living true to myself. And so I came back and quit my job that I had been at for nine plus years and started this company. I had no idea what was going to happen. And I mean, now you're kind of caught up to where we are, <laughs> where we are now. I started it, didn't, and it, you know, had a lot of failed opportunities and different things and going in the wrong direction. And I think we are finally on to something, (laughs) I'll say. Katie, I really appreciate the transparency. And if I'm hearing you correctly, it almost sounds like you being in and around nature or natural environments was part of your rehabilitation. A a billion percent, a billion percent. And I, I think that's why I'm so passionate about preserving these places because I just think about the people who are like me and I just want to make sure that they have the same opportunity to heal as I do. And and you don't have to go that far down the scale, right? It could be, you know, you're just working this corporate job and you're just tired and you're just burnt out and you just need an escape. And that's the best way to do it. It's just to go for a hike or, um, I don't know. I, I just, I feel a strong sense of duty to protect these places. You know, Recently, I say recently, over the last few years, I've been hearing more about activities like grounding where you walk barefoot on grass or even concrete sometimes and forest bathing. You know, you expose yourself to nature and you go for a walk. And I think what you're alluding to here is what a lot of people are perhaps suffering from. Again, we mentioned it at the top of the recording, you know, being in these artificial light environments, being not caged up necessarily, but close to it, you know, cubicles, I guess, but um, people are missing or longing that for that part or piece of nature that you know we all come from. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, Katie, when you speak to a client or when a client comes to you, what are some of the you know the direction that you give them? I think it's always very different for clients. I think it just depends on the the projects that we have or what they have going on honestly, what their vision is, because that's going to determine the direction that we go, I suppose. 
So I don't know, like maybe I don't, what's something more, more specific, yeah. I suppose. Sure. So let's talk specifically about, let's say they're doing something that you see is impactful, or perhaps they're trying to identify one of the 17, 19 SDGs, and they want to, you know, focus on one or two or three, what kind of guidance do you give them? Or if you don't give them guidance, what kind of conversation does that look like? I think the biggest thing is that I just try to make companies aware of the impact that they're having, whether that be negative or positive, right? Looking at the implications of each of their actions. Because I think a lot of the times people will only see the action for just the action. But let's say, let's just say you're even going to buy a shirt from like H&M or something like that. You know, one of the fast fashion things. And to most people, um, that's not a big deal. It's just you're going to buy a shirt, you're getting it at a good cost. But you fail to take into the account the environmental impact that's having, the people's lives that you're affecting because they uh, could be working in unsafe conditions, um, on and on and on. There's this there's this chain reaction of events that happens all around the world. And it's the same thing for actions that take place in business and in life every single day. And so I just, I don't ever try to push people in one way or another. I just make sure that they're aware of the actions that they're taking. And then as long as I feel as though they are, you know, honoring that, that level of resiliency, then I try to get them in front of as many people as we can get them in front of, right? The world, we want to get them out into the world and grow their business so they can continue to have this impact and stay very true to those values. So you mentioned Ikara, so I'm not going to let you go back there. But, and without, you don't have to mention a company name, but are there any favorite initiatives that you work on that you'd like to share? Oh, <laughs> I'll say there's one. This, this is a very new project. But I would say this is probably the whole reason that I started my company. And I'm very passionate about affordable housing and redefining what affordable housing is and intentional communities and actually building them into these places that we can rehabilitate a lot of often marginalized communities. Say if it's, you know, the homeless communities or, you know, second chance communities, um, but, but doing it in a way that we can get them around like just get them back into society, get them back to a place where they can contribute and doing it in a way that's sustainable and aesthetically beautiful. And so I say that long-windedly to say that there, uh, there's a couple projects that I, one that I'm hoping to jump on and then one that I have been throwing around and will hopefully get some funding for here soon and start to work on that. So that's probably be, probably my favorite. I, if I could spend the rest of my life dreaming up and building these intentional um, communities and redefining what affordable housing is, I would be happy with that. Can you share a little bit more about what that looks like? Yeah. So there is a developer um, here. Well, he, he actually has been a part of multiple bigger communities. And the whole concept, it's called, I th- oh man, I think it's called the village concept. And it's essentially we're going back, we're taking, we're connecting people back together, right? Like if you look at life right now, we buy our mansions, we go, we live in them, we stay pretty separate. For the most part, we have our small community of people, if that, if we make time for those people. But these communities that we're proposing, um, and as far as affordable housing, is that The affordable housing as it stands right now is built very cheaply. It's not beautiful. People do not feel proud 
to live there. It's not done sustainably. Things break down constantly. They only last for a certain amount of time and they don't do anything to build these communities back up. And they're also set aside typically for marginalized communities. But what we want affordable housing to, to become is where, of course, you know, a portion is set aside for these marginalized communities, but we also need people who just want to, uh, who don't want to spend a large majority of their paychecks towards the, towards a $400,000, $500,000 house and giving people an option to live differently and to live more connectedly. Does that so are these, answer? Are these <laughs> kind like, of? It's, it's wonderful. I, the image is beautiful. Are these, from a really tactical standpoint, are they, it's like a housing community, an apartment community? It, you know, it, the, my first thought is, it sounds like an old Jewish kibbutz where people lived in community living. I'd love to hear more about it. Yeah, so it could be, I mean, it could, so kind of what I was thinking was starting out with an, a more apartment complex, but then of course, you know, just making these, designing it in a way where collisions can happen. I think that's, that's the most important piece and do obviously doing it in a sustainable way with not only sustainable materials, but, but to do that point of where collisions can happen, because that's where people build each other up and, and um, people can get back to contributing to society. So I think, I think apartments, I think there's this one really cool um, project that's happening in McKinney, Texas. And one of my good friends, JD Lee is actually a part of it, but they're building shipping container units um, and they're going to be townhouses. And it's, it's along this same line. So I'll be very excited to see what happens with that community. And I mean, this isn't a novel idea. I think there's communities springing up like this, but I want to do it in a way that's not hippy dippy. I want to do it in a way that, that makes sense. And that isn't just based on peace, love and happiness, but is rooted in science and how like relational science and how we connect to each other and, and then fundamentally create a space where that can happen. Have you visited the shipping container built office complex in Fort Worth? I haven't. I have seen it and it has been in my notes to go check it out. I just don't make it, unfortunately, to Fort Worth very often. Although I want to, I hear it's, you know, a, a different pace than Dallas and I would probably enjoy that pace a lot more. I've heard it's beautiful. I actually have a friend working on a shipping container project in San Antonio too. Amazing. And I'm happy to connect you offline. Yeah, please do. I, I need to go check that one out in Fort Worth for sure. So I've heard you... I've heard your voice perk up a couple of times during the conversation. One was during free range Katie time and the other time was during the affordable housing. What about affordable housing drives your passion? I think that I think I just look at the problems that still exist around the world. I think there's places in the world that are doing better than other places. And I have a very firm stance about, um, about privilege. And I feel as though with great, privilege comes great responsibility. And having been to some pretty dark places very early on, I recognize how easily that could be me. And I realize that the people in my life who gave me a second, like there needs to be people who are willing to give people second chances um, because you never know what could come out of that second chance. You never know who they could impact or what they could come up with. And and Lila Jana, the late Lila Jana, uh, who was the founder of a company called Samasource, um, she said something to the effect of um, human potential is the most untapped natural resource. And I truly, truly, truly believe that. And, and I think that's kind of what these spaces signify for me is, is, is opportunity um, and second chances. 
you know, I was saddened when she passed away. What, she's 37 years old, I think, happened last month, right? In January. Yes. Okay. So you're familiar with Sama Soares. She's honestly a huge inspiration for me. I don't think I could have, I, I don't, I know if I wouldn't have come across her work and studied her and, and what she was doing, I don't think I would have, would have started my company, to be honest, because she was doing things so differently. You know, there's always a ripple effect, right? And just, you're proving it. Mm, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's not just right. It just, it, man, yeah. I was really, really sad to see that, but her work will definitely continue on. Absolutely. So, Katie, a question I like to ask my guest is: if you could share some advice or words of wisdom with the audience, what would it be? That is a great question. <laughs> and it could be along the lines of business, personal growth, anything you you pick. Man. I think there's so many things that I could insert here, but I think the biggest thing, and we kind of talked about this a little before offline, is just about enjoying life. And that if you are not enjoying the, this life or this ride, then I don't know what you're doing it for. I mean, there could be any number of reasons, I'm sure, but. I think I just got to a point where I was living my life for everyone around me. And I was, you know, getting the, trying to get the college degree for my parents, or I was trying to, um, to do this or, you know, do this for this relationship or do this for my kid or do this. And I just had to get to a point where I was enjoying it for myself. And then I just became so much more effective in every single area of my life. So that would be my advice or advice so is to enjoy. I'm going to push back a little bit. So Katie, I'm super busy. I've got a hundred things going on. Can you give me some practical tips on how I can enjoy my life more? Some practical tips. Practical, yes. tactical. What can I do? Give me three things I could do maybe this week or this month to enjoy my life more. I'll say what I do, and this has been very helpful, and you don't have to really go anywhere to do these things, um, but to carve out time for yourself, and we talked about this as well, but taking mornings for yourself, and if it's not mornings, if you don't have them, then nights. Finding time to say, you know, this 30 minutes is mine. I own this, and I'm not going to let anything else get in the way of these 30 minutes because I really feel like we owe it to ourselves. I prefer morning because it just makes me so much more effective in my day. But, you know, I wake up, I don't look at my phone, I don't check anything, I drink tea, I get up, get ready to go to the gym, I come back, meditate, write, and then I'm ready for my day. So I think if you can kind of carve out just a small routine for yourself, and it doesn't have to look like those things, it's just any of your own rituals, you are probably going to start enjoying life a lot more. Well, I really appreciate the tactical advice. Since you mentioned it, I'm going to ask, just to be nosy, what do you write? That's a great question. I write a lot of different things. It could be about things that I've noticed about myself. It could be I've, you know, I'll just here, I'll give you a recent example of something that I, I just wrote about, which was over the weekend, I was feeling anxious and I was feeling a lot of anxiety and I didn't necessarily have a reason to be. And so in my meditation, I tried to reflect on that and to see what that was pointing to, because a lot of the time anxiety is trying to show us something that we are not ready to look at, or we're not willing to work at, look at or change. And so by writing about that, 
it came up that, you know, it was just an old pattern or it was me feeling a certain way or me not being true to myself, um, which was bringing about this feeling of anxiety. So it could be that. It could be about my day. It could be about ways in which I'm trying to grow, good things that happened that I want to remember, not so great things that happened that I want to learn from. Um, It's what I'm grateful for, any number of things. But I really appreciate you sharing that, Katie, and I really appreciate sharing the advice. I look forward to watching your business flourish over time. Are there any last words you'd like to share? Oh, man, this is where I wish I had something lined up in the queue of some um, some solid advice. But no, I, I think we'll I think we'll leave it at that. Well, thank you so much, Katie. And I look forward to catching up with you again soon. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for listening. And if you like what you heard, please download the podcast and subscribe. Bigger Than Us is a Nexus PMG production, and you can find and follow us on all the social channels under the handle Nexus PMG.